Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Welcome to Connect Church. My name is Frank. I'm the pastor here. Just so glad that you're with us today. Today's Palm Sunday, which kicks off Holy Week. Next Sunday is Easter. Again, we would love if you would join us as we celebrate the, the resurrection of our Savior. It's everything uh, that, it, that we believe as Christians and followers of Jesus. And so we just want to invite you to that. Palm Sunday is the day that kicks off the week. Uh, again, Jesus enters town triumphantly. Um, people are worshiping and, and laying at his feet, singing Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. Um, and, and it's fascinating that in a few days, everything would turn. And it, again, it comes down to Jesus wasn't who they wanted him to be. They wanted him to be a, a Messiah who would come and fight and, and take over. And even later in this week, as we see when Jesus is arrested, one of his disciples takes out a sword and begins fighting. That's what they wanted. Uh, and Jesus didn't fit that. And, and, and it's one of the things about following Jesus is it's often we find Jesus calling and bringing out of us things that, that maybe we didn't see or we didn't want to do. Um, but that's part of it in, in following Jesus and dying to ourselves um, and carrying our cross daily. Things that Jesus spoke about often when he was on earth. And we've been talking about a little bit uh, of an idea that I think is difficult for us if we're honest. I've been taking a look at the life of Paul. And just some of the things that we can learn from him about sharing our faith. Um, and we know that God calls us. And as we follow him, we become part of the mission of representing who he is to the people around us. And so we're called to bring people to Jesus. We also learn that we need to understand the context of the people that, that we're trying to share with that they're living in. And so before we talk, sometimes we listen and we understand and we hear where they're at so that we can apply the gospel to their context. Why the important? Why is this so important? Because 50% of people are never going to step foot in a church. So if we don't own this, as followers of Jesus, if, if we don't take on the mantle that he's given us, we're going to miss out. We can't sit back and wait for people to come to us. We need to go to them. And as followers of Jesus, we're called to do it. And again, I know this isn't easy. The, the people might think less of us. We might get accused of things. Uh, and even as we talk about sharing faith, I think about this uh, of where I was at, a youth pastor but before starting Connect Church. Um, our group began to grow. And, and the town that we were in had a page uh, where they would just talk about things in the town. And I remember one day seeing, hey, uh, the youth warehouse, what is this place? There's, there's a lot of buzz about it and a lot of kids are really enjoying going there. Can someone explain it to me? So I see it and I'm like, yes, people are talking about our youth group in town. This is incredible. And that excitement quickly disappeared as I began to see people realize uh, that it wasn't just like some fun place to go, but it was uh, a place that, that where kids heard about Jesus. And I watched the tune change quickly. And it began to, they're brainwashing kids, the person who leads it uh, runs a cult and, and is just destroying kids and making them close-minded and all of these different things. And I went from being really excited to, to watching the thread and being discouraged. And honestly, it made me not want to talk about my faith anymore. And, and maybe you can relate. And even this week, I was talking to somebody in our church who at work is trying to live this out. And just feels like after some conversations with people, 
um, and them coming for help and, and explaining why why you have hope and why you have joy and why you're you're okay through tough seasons of life. And after you share, it's like kind of awkward and they don't really come to you as much anymore. So if that's you today, we understand, I understand. We're all, we've all been there. Um, but today I think is an important part as it comes to sharing faith. Again, we're called to, we need to understand. But then we also need to realize that there is suffering that comes to sharing the gospel. We often celebrate the life of Paul and all that he accomplished. And let's be honest, he accomplished a lot. He planted many churches. Um, he was part of the church spreading uh, and growing in the early days of it. But we often skip the bad. Here is some of the suffering that Paul went through. On his first missionary journey, uh, he faced opposition from some Jews in an area where he was preaching. So they stoned him, and then they drug him out of the village, waiting for him to die. Um, now, maybe you don't know what being stoned is. It's essentially people just throw rocks at you until you die. Now, in middle school, I had this traumatic experience where someone hit me in the back of the head with a rock one time, and it broke my skull. Um, my bone, my, my, my skull is dented, um, and, and so it's literally like got dented into the point where they thought maybe they would have to like do bone surgery to pull it away from my brain. Let me tell you, that was not a fun experience. Paul gets th stoned, meaning multiple times, to the point where he's just about dead. They drag him out of town, and they leave him to die. If that's not enough, they travel to Antioch in Pisidia. Uh, again, this is like modern-day Turkey, not the same Antioch that they had just left, um, but he preaches in the synagogue. Many people follow them, and they begin to ask questions, and they ask him actually to come back. Hey, can you come back next week and speak again? What you said today is really interesting. And so the next week he shows up, and almost the whole town is there to hear him share the gospel, and many of them end up believing in Jesus. But then the devout Jews, they stir up persecution against Paul and they drive him out of the city, again, uttering that they're going to kill him. He also had relational struggles along the first journey as well. Barnabas and John Mark start the journey with him, but then John Mark leaves after the first stop due to a disagreement. Again, relational struggles are important too. They're hard, they're messy, and sometimes, uh, even today watching, maybe you've been part of the church before and, and you felt the tension around being on mission with people that you might not agree with or you get into a disagreement about and, and the weirdness that comes with that. Paul experienced that as well too. On the second journey, on their way to Macedonia, they meet a girl in Philippi. She had an evil spirit in her, and it actually allowed her to tell the future, which is fascinating, right? And so there were people who used her and her ability to tell the future to make money. So Paul comes and he casts the demons out of the girl. Now you can imagine the owner of this girl is not happy. By casting out the demon, he also got rid of how this person was making money off of her life. The business was gone. It was done. She wasn't able to tell the future anymore. So he gets the town and brings them against Paul and Silas, who is with him, and they beat them and they throw them in prison. The third journey. There's a temple built to the Greek goddess Artemis in Ephesus. It's actually one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was a major source of activity and commerce in Ephesus. It was a hub. 
It, it, everyone kind of worked and flooded through there. There were many vendors and craftsmen that had businesses dependent on people coming to this temple to worship the Greek goddess there. Paul shows up. He begins talking about Jesus as the one true God. And people begin to believe in Jesus. And again, there's a tension over this. If people believe in Jesus, they're not going to go to this temple anymore because now they're not worshiping Artemis anymore. They're worshiping Jesus. So why would they go? And now you actually notice so many people begin to drop off that there is a drop in tourism. All, all of the tourist gigs are making less money. So what do they do? They gather the whole city up and they bring them to an amphitheater and they begin to start a riot. A riot that's going to result in them beating and trying to kill Paul again. Thankfully, the town clerk comes along and brings peace and Paul is able to escape. But again, we see Paul is obedient. He shares faith. People come to know him and there's persecution because of it. On top of, of these stories along each journey, he was imprisoned, he was flogged, he was given 39 lashes with a whip, he was beaten with sticks, he was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he had danger uh, in rivers, uh, he had nights without sleep, he went hungry and thirsty, and pressure was on him from all the churches that he started to succeed. Paul suffered. And sometimes we, we look at his life and we, and we almost make it like incredible. He traveled and he told people about Jesus and he started churches and it succeeded and it went well. Paul suffered. A lot of his life was filled with hardship and trial and pain. And this is a reality that we don't like to talk about very much in church. And I think that's why when it comes to sharing our faith, we try once and maybe it doesn't go well. And, and let's be honest, our, our not going well could just be like we, we tweet it and, and someone on there says, wow, I can't believe you feel that way. And, and we're like, oh no, people don't like me anymore. Paul was, again, beaten, stoned. His, his life was in question and, and whether or not he would live based on following Jesus and being obedient to the call that we have to share who he is. But despite all of this, Paul still is just an incredible example. And, and, and he says this in Colossians 1, and it reads this, I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I'm participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. What does this mean? He's continuing to suffer the way that Jesus did our faith is accomplished in Jesus and the work that he did on the cross. And so if that's true, what does it mean that he's continuing to suffer the way that Jesus did? Well, Paul's suffered a lot in proclaiming the gospel, but here's the important part of it. In that suffering, it did not add anything to the work of Jesus. Paul's suffering didn't like make him equal to Jesus. It didn't add to the... The work of Jesus was accomplished in his death and in his resurrection once and for all. The redemptive purpose of the cross was complete. So if that's true, then the only thing Paul knew that was needed was that people now needed to know about what Jesus did. And that's why he suffered so much. His suffering came because he proclaimed Christ crucified. He preached the gospel and urged people to trust in the risen Savior. 
had he not done that, people would have never known. They would have never found hope in the cross. But that cost Paul. And today, the same thing is true for us. The work is already accomplished through Jesus. And today, maybe you're watching and and you might not have faith in Jesus. And maybe you're wrestling with this whole idea. Know this. Our faith isn't accomplished in the things that we do. Paul didn't earn his faith in suffering for Christ. It, It didn't make him better than anybody else, actually. But Paul knew that if the work was accomplished, then he needed to devote his life because he saw how it changed his. And if you don't know, Saul used to run around uttering threats and, 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 imperse- and persecuting Christians. And, and, he w- and that was his life. He encountered Jesus and everything changed. And, and it's almost a cruel irony that, that Saul was the man who persecuted Christians and, and he imprisoned them and beat them to the point where now he is kind of suffering the same way as a follower of Jesus. The easiest solution, a lot of times to the people who, who didn't want to hear what Paul had to say, was to try and get rid of them. And that's why Paul is repeatedly attacked. Today, we may not get physically attacked. Uh, you may share uh, what you believe and, and your faith in Jesus, and thankfully, you most likely won't get stoned. You won't get beaten and you won't get imprisoned, but you might get canceled. Your character might get called into question. People who used to think highly of you might not think quite as highly anymore. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't share. Again, there's a cost to sharing this message. If you encounter opposition, hostility, or suffering for the sake of the gospel, you should be encouraged. Why? One, it means that the gospel message is being heard. And if it's being heard, we know that God and, and the Holy Spirit going before us can do anything. And if one person comes to know Jesus, then all the suffering is worthwhile. Paul also, though, sees that his own physical suffering leads to spiritual renewal. There's something about suffering that, that invigorates our faith, which sounds so counter to the natural mind. But if you've been in a moment of, of intense difficulty and hardship, you know the truth that this is. And Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Again, Paul again and again hits this theme that weakness and suffering is there to show the work and the power of the gospel alive in us. That as we suffer, as we struggle, we see God's strength sustain us his peace, his joy that is with us. And perhaps the most powerful section of this letter in chapter four is actually a little before the verse that we just read when he talks about the purpose of his suffering. And it says this, we are afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may always be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Do you see what Paul is saying here? 
his suffering is actually a picture of Jesus' death. His endurance and perseverance, though, is also a picture of the resurrection work of Jesus. And as we're entering Holy Week, Paul's suffering and growth are designed to be walking advertisements of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Now, let me show you what I mean. On the screen, you'll see this slide right now. So, in the death of Jesus, we see that we're afflicted in every way. We're perplexed, we're persecuted, we're struck down. But in the resurrection of Jesus, we're not crushed. We're not driven to despair. We're not forsaken. We're not destroyed. We are actually living in the resurrection life of Jesus. Paul saw the purpose of his suffering as a means to show the resurrection power of Jesus. Yeah, you may be persecuting my flesh and I may be suffering, but as you do, I'm actually growing more confident in the hope and the trust that I have in Jesus and we see Paul's radical love for others explained again in 2 Corinthians. It says, it is for your sake so that as grace extends more and more to more and more people may increase their thanksgiving and the glory will be to God. Paul is willing to endure incredible hardship as long as it meant more people coming to know Jesus. And again, Jesus was willing to endure incredible hardship. Why? because of his love for us. And so as we suffer in sharing, we are actually in partnership with our Savior who came and died for us. Paul knew that no matter how much it hurt now, it was nothing compared to the hope and healing that he would experience in being with Jesus. Take my life. I know that when I open my eyes, I will be in face to face with my Savior the one who radically changed my life already and the one who I've devoted my whole life for, the one who I know his work is accomplished in the cross. And so because of that, I want you to know this hope, this good news. Because he knew that, he was able to use his suffering to show the hope he had in Jesus. Again, the hard points of his life, they didn't crush him. They didn't make him fall and lose faith, but they grew his trust and he gained strength in his confidence of it. So for us today, we don't like hardship and suffering. And, but it, and it's part of the gospel story that if we're honest, we cringe at. And yet it's been part of the gospel story of, of, of the church of following Jesus for centuries since the church began in Rome, Nero persecuted Christians. Today, throughout the world, there are Christians who are still being persecuted for believing in Jesus. And it may be difficult as we share, but Paul knew that this was part of it and it didn't stop him. So today, why do we give up so easy? Just because one conversation may not go well. Uh, because maybe online we post something and, and a few people ridicule us. Why do we give up so easily? Paul knew the hope that he had in Jesus. Again, the importance of being in the presence of Jesus. Seeking him is key. And at the beginning of this, we started with this idea of prayer and fasting. It's where all of this missionary, all these missionary journeys of Paul, they were birthed out of prayer and fasting. Why? So when the hardship comes, we know who God is 
and we're able to stand firm on that. God, I heard you speak and move and, and ask me to share the gospel with this group of people or that person. And so because I know in a, in a moment of just me and you that you spoke that to my heart today, I can be confident, even though there may be some hardship here. And again, this is an important step we often overlook, but it was crucial to Paul's endurance to know God, to, to know the resurrection hope that he had. So today, I just want to invite you to make some decisions. Maybe you've never made the decision to follow Jesus before, and I just want to give you a space to do that. How can we stand firm in the hardest parts of life? And, and this is the reality of it. Whether, whether we follow Jesus or we don't, there are going to be moments of life that are crushing, that are hard, that are difficult. But it's the hope we have in Jesus, his peace, his joy that rests in our hearts that gets us through it. And today, maybe you don't have that, and I just want to give an opportunity for you to respond. We have hope in the death and the resurrection of Jesus, that he came to this earth. He lived life just like us. He, he gave up his right as God to come and put on humanity and to suffer and to experience the hardships of life. But his suffering in his death is what gives us life. He conquered death. And he will redeem the heavens and the earth and us one day. And all it takes on our end is to say, Jesus, I trust in the work that you did on the cross. Today, I'm, I'm giving my life to you. And if you make that decision, there's a link on all the platforms that says, I've decided to follow Jesus. We would love if you would click that and let us know so we can help walk with you and partner with you in the decision that you made today. For those of us who do follow Jesus, again, there is a cost that comes to sharing the gospel. Today, are you willing to take that on? Are you willing to say that the good news of what Jesus did has been so transformative in my own life that I need to share it regardless of the cost? And again, suffering is part of this journey. In 2 Timothy, we read, And my persecutions and sufferings that came to me in places like Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, all the persecutions and sufferings I have endured, and the Lord has rescued me from every one of them. But anyone who tries to live in devotion to Christ is certain to be persecuted. It's in scripture. Living for Jesus means that there are going to be moments where people ridicule us. They're hard on us. They disagree with us. Being persecuted for believing in Jesus is not a new concept. It's happened since the birth of the church. Comfort is not part of following Jesus. In fact, it's usually the opposite. But he does promise peace and joy and all of it. And today, maybe you're following Jesus and you're just looking for comfort. And I just want to say, maybe you're missing the heart of the gospel. If, if you're just looking to serve your comfort and, and you can't relate to the hardship and the suffering end of it, maybe Maybe today God would stir your heart and say, I've been living from my own idol of comfort. And I need to ask God, God, how can I step out of my comfort zone to be obedient to what you're calling me to? The circumstances in my life should help me see Jesus. Everything should fuel us to the mission of living for him. I tell people and they hate me. It should fuel me. Again, they, they might disagree, but I love Jesus and I want people to know the hope that I have. 
I'm, I'm crushing life and everything is good. It should fuel me. That, that God is still with me in the good seasons as well. Or I'm sick. My finances are tight. People around me are struggling. It should fuel me. Why? I am hope in those situations. In Philippians 1, we read this. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters has become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Would we proclaim the gospel without fear? Would we proclaim the gospel boldly? Would it become clear through our lives that everyone around us knows that we are willing to live boldly for Jesus? Would we not be ashamed of the truth that we hold on to? And today as we close for the course of the series, we've been having you kind of think through these questions. What is God maybe laying on your heart to live out? Who are some people that you can show the love of Jesus to? And who is in your life encouraging you to continue on even though sometimes it may be difficult? Maybe you have a conversation and it goes badly. Who's the friend that you can turn to that says, keep sharing, keep living. God has called you to this. He's put this on your heart. Don't give up now. Today, let's close in prayer. Jesus, we just thank you for who you are, for your death, for your resurrection. As we just head to Holy Week, God, we're thankful for this season that reminds us of your uh, giving up your right as God to come and live on this earth, to suffer the pain of loss, of betrayal, and ultimately death. But God, the journey didn't stop there. You rose from the dead. And so God, as we just share the gospel, and, and as we go through hardships in, in, in following you and being obedient to what you've called us to, God, would you just remind us, you're faithful, you're with us, and God, again, as we've been praying throughout this series, as we share, would people come to know you? Would the gospel come alive in their hearts and in their minds? And would we just see transformation in others' lives and in ours? In your name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.